The best pass rush duo in the Pac-12 resides in Salt Lake City. But if Utah wants to make the college football playoff, they're going to have to be one of the best pass rush duos in the nation. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We do appreciate it, and we are available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, we're going to talk about why Utah is the best pass rush duo in the Pac 12 today, as well as preview the rest of the defensive line depth in the defensive ends and defensive tackles. And in order to do that, I want to bring on our resident trench expert and former host of this Locked On Utes podcast, as well as a contributor for Ute Zone, Brian Brown. Appreciate you coming on today, and I love it when things work out. Brian, we officially crossed 300 subscribers on the channel today. That started with you a while back, so now appreciate that we've been able to reach this milestone. So thank you to all the fans who have tuned in when this thing first started to Brian to when I got it going now, and we're really excited for what is to come next. Yeah, I, I was there for, like, subscribers 1 through 10. I think you've done the bulk of the heavy <laughs> lifting here, so – uh, congratulations on, on passing that mark. It, it's, you know, as I've talked to people, everybody's been really excited to have you, uh, being the captain now, <laughs> uh, and running the ship here with locked on Utes, especially as I've started to open up some new projects and, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than any, I'm just excited for you, man. This has been a, a great, great gift for all Utah fans to have locked on Utes back and, and rolling daily the way it should be. Well, I greatly appreciate that. And I'm excited to see some of those other projects as well. Also, shout out to Austin Facer, who held it down in between me and Brian, helping out as well. We greatly appreciate it. And one thing you fans are greatly going to appreciate this season is the pass rush tandem of Junior Tafuna and Van Fillinger. Yes, Utah fans, you know their names and you heard about them last year, of course, but they still weren't the best two pass rushers on this team overall. When it came down to it, that was still Mika Tafua and Devin Lloyd. But this year, it's going to be Van, it's going to be Junior, and I think they are going to have monster years and junior especially i mean when you can create that interior pressure that just ruins everything we hear so much about when the pocket collapses quarterback stepping up in the pocket but when you can break the pocket and then force guys to the outside into those oncoming defensive ends that's such a huge thing both van and junior do a phenomenal job setting the run van has the bend in the athleticism van is the perfect body for a defensive end as well i mean the length he really is the total package at that spot and it just sounds like he's gotten even better in the offseason so i think he's going to explode for i mean he had five and a half sacks last year i think he very well could be a double digit sack guy this year and i think junior is going to have another strong year as well easier to double and he's going to see a lot of double teams on the interior but he's a guy i think could get up to that six to eight sack range as well just because of what a force he's going to be in the interior this year but i really think this utah team has the best pass rush duo in the pac 12 and i think that if these guys hit on their full potential and are one of the best pass rush duos across the country. I think the Utes are going to find themselves in the college football playoff. It, well, it, it is very, so I did a little bit of research previously about how important it is to really get sacks and pressure. And as you look back in time, it is really critical actually. Uh, you know, the teams that you think of in terms of college football playoff stalwarts, like Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, et cetera, they've all spent time in the top five to the top 10 of the country in the years that they made the playoffs. Um, 
in sacks. And now sacks is a very basic metric that we use to, to, to measure pressure and, and, you know, sacks do matter, but pressure matters more than yes. anything because pressure creates turnovers, pressure creates uh, chaos. And really defensively, what you want is you want to get an offense off schedule and get them outside of their comfort zone. Uh, so that to me, um, you know, I think if, if these, if this Utah defense comes through the way that we think it should, and, and look, it's a lot of talent. There are a lot of young players, you know, Steve Bartle and I have talked about the difference between this being a more opportunistic defense than in 2019, where they were just going to suffocate you. Um, you know, I think if all that comes to fruition, then it could lead to a college football playoff berth. Uh, you know, there are other things that I, I, Personally, I think the bigger factor for this team is Cam Rising. You know, as long as he can stay healthy throughout the course of the year, I think that's really what's going to push them in or out of the playoff. But uh, it's interesting you talk about that dynamic of having a pass rush duo because I think traditionally we think in terms of having ends on either side, and really what it is is it's these two guys coming from this angle or you know one guy from the middle and one guy from the outside, and then whatever else you fill in around the kind of fill in the gaps with and that's kind of a unique situation because in the past we've seen a lot of defensive ends uh be the stalwarts for utah yeah no absolutely and it's going to be fun to see these guys step into that role this season and you i love that you highlighted pressures as well i think that's such a big thing where coach scally talked about he thought van was playing his best football towards the end of the season well he had three and a half sacks versus washington state but that just goes to show you those pressures making that impact matters so much more. And I think let's start with Junior. Junior, because Junior's a guy, Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. He's a guy who didn't even start the first game of the season, but then from there really exploded and took off, had arguably his best game versus Oregon when they came up to Salt Lake City that first time around. And he's just the kind of guy who has the strength. He's got really good hands as well. He can knock down offensive linemen's hands when they try to shoot and block him he's got that gap shooting ability he really is an explosive defensive tackle and I think he's going to be the biggest key to Utah's defensive line this year in total and while I think Van is very important I just think if Junior can be one of those elite defensive tackles inside it's going to allow this team to do things they maybe even haven't been able to do in previous years because they haven't had that yeah, and, and I think this is a unique unit, and it's part of the reason why Utah is making that schematic change. It, it's a small thing in general, and we talk about, you know, there is no Lucky Foto on this team, and I think the be beauty of Lucky Foto and why people, you know, gravitated to him so much is, is Kyle Whittingham talked about his ability to two-gap, and what it is is you can occupy two gaps on the offensive line, uh, specifically the a gaps right and and you and i both having played center know how hard it is when there's one guy who can occupy both gaps it really forces the offensive line into a problem utah doesn't have to two gap this year they can push the the defensive line up the field they can put more pressure into the backfield they have some athletes in in the in the in the defensive backfield and, and especially in the linebacker position that can flow and 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 you know, as long as they make sure that all the defensive linemen are where they need to be, um, then Utah's going to be fine. You're not going to see the kind of two, three yard um, consistent stops like you did with Nephi Sewell and, and Devin Lloyd. What you'll see is you'll see some three yard losses and then a four yard gain, right? You'll see a, a two yard loss and maybe a five yard gain then maybe a three-yard gain, and then maybe a two-yard loss in, in terms of defending the run. Um, as far as sacks go, like that's going to free these guys up to do a lot of uh, unique things. And I think one thing that's worth noting about this Utah team specifically is if you look back at last year's season, and I pulled my some of my pressure statistics off of Football Outsiders, 
um, one of my favorite places to go in, in terms of interpreting line stats because they do a really good job. Uh, Utah last year was 29th in the country at, with their sack rate at eight point per, or eight percent, um, but on standard down sack rates, so just regular downs, you know across the board, they were ranked 11th at 8.1. So that's going to be an area where you could see Utah possibly improving on that, where it's just, when it's anyone's guess, Utah could go get a sack, right? Now, I think mm-hmm. some of that's attributable to Morgan Scally, but the interesting part about it on actual passing downs, the sack rate for Utah is 8.6%, which, you know, in theory sounds like it's pretty good. That was 60th in the country. So not, not all that great um, by comparison to the other metrics. And so, you have to wonder if this group and the talent that they have maybe increases the amount of sacks that that Utah generates on specific passing downs. If so, I think that catapults Utah right up into that top 10 um, uh, in the country in terms of sacks uh, sacks generated, and, and that should be very indicative of Utah having a successful season. Yeah, always great when you can get after the quarterback and get that pressure that we're talking about. And the guy who we expect to lead Utah in sacks and pressure is Van Fillinger this season. Lengthy edge guy. The first time I wa- I saw him, he stood out to me right away. I was like, that's the kind of guy who has the tools and the potential to be a very high draft pick in the NFL if he's able to click and hit all those marks. And I think this year could be a big year if he decides to take that next step into getting into that high draft range as a player, but in terms of what he's just going to bring to Utah this year, I think he's just going to be a menace off the edge. I think he's a guy who is going to early on in the season, he will have one of those two or three sack performances that leads to him getting doubled a lot on the season, just because of that ability to get to the outside. And I think those long arms are as well are going to be really useful in him batting passes down Brian. hundred percent. And it's one of those metrics that Utah really focuses on when they recruit their edge players. It's, I think it's one of the reasons why they like Mickey Sunga Duranga so much. And while Mickey doesn't necessarily have that, that that twitch that we see with Jonah Ellis and Chase Kennedy's been a guy you know, newcomer that's gotten a lot of praise from the staff. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is there? Uh, Connor O'Toole, right? The names that we've heard. So you have basically three or four guys. You know, I, I would not be surprised to see Mo Diabate out there because he's an incredible, very twitchy athlete. Uh, yes. you know, they have a lot of that. And when we talk about twitch, that's that explosion, that ability to get off the ball. But what Mickey has is he has extremely long arms like you talk about, and he can get his hands on defenders initially very quickly. He's also a very stout guy at the defensive end position. And so I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of variety. You know, he may not have the kind of moves that like a Jonah Ellis has per se, per se. Um, but in how Utah runs their scheme, that can be just as important because I think one thing that when you talk about getting pressure, right, we all talk about sacks and, and you talk about Van having those long arms and, and you know, having a move and, and then a counter. And, you know, I think his his biggest thing is just, you know, he has that speed and that strength so he can just kind of get around the outside and, and just basically, you know, bull rush or, or do a slap or whatever move it is that he needs to make. But having that counter on the opposite side in terms of, of your edge that, that can, in essence, set the edge and, and create that, you know, that wall to to keep the quarterback in there in the in the pocket that's huge and so I think that's you know going to be a credit to guys like you know when we talk about Aliki Vamahi too like he he was no slouch last year either you know I think uh, Aliki's a guy that we get we don't talk about very often but he had two sacks in 10 games um, and, and he's a guy who can generate some pressure. And, and the other thing, too, that I really want to start to focus on a little bit no, more with this defense is tackles for loss because TFLs are very important, yes. especially when you get into the you know the Oregon State of the schedule and, and some of these other teams and UCLA, some of these other, other teams that use their run game 
uh, a little more proficiently. Uh, you know, Arizona's a school that I think you're you're really going to need to get some TFLs for, um, because that means that you're not getting any yardage on those downs where you're running. Um, and that's, you know, that's an area where Junior Tafuna was extremely good, had five and a half TFLs last year. Van Fillinger, again, nine and a half TFLs. And I talked to Van about, you know, his his improvement in his in his run defense. And he said that was an area that he worked on a lot because I think he had to make some ground. And so this defensive line as a whole, we love to talk sacks, right? That's the that's the snazzy statistic and everything like that. But they do everything extremely well. 100%. And it is great when you have complete defensive linemen, guys you don't need to take who are only two down defensive linemen, can be three down guys who can get after the passer and stop the run. And you alluded to a lot of that depth that Utah has. We're going to touch on that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, and, of course, college football, which is right around the corner. Guys, cash in on on the Utes. If you guys think they're going to win the Pac-12, their odds going against Florida in week one, there are tons of great bets out there, as well as college awards you guys can look into on Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Starts. Also, I want to tell you guys about the Ultimate College Football Preview. Thank you again for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, you know there's always so much turnover with college rosters each year, so make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Preview. I recorded a Pac-12 preview with a lot of the other locked-on Pac-12 hosts. Had a lot of fun with that one, so make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Preview. So, Diving in it for Utah, we know who the two best players on this defensive line are going to be. It's Van Fillinger and Junior Tafuna. But first, want to look to the outside, the edges. And I think a big guy that's intriguing to everyone and Brian is Gabe Reed, a guy coming over from Stanford, played at American Fork High School, so a little bit of homecoming for him, teaming with his brother as well in Corinne. And Gabe's a guy who got had a lot of sack production at Stanford as well. And he, but he was even playing off ball more a little bit, linebacker spots. So I just think more from there, I think it's a really good opportunity for him coming in here with this Utah team to get things done up front. Yeah, and I like you said, I think he's a pressure specialist, and, and I think that's a really uh, healthy addition for matchups. That's that's such an important part. You know, I, I joked on the Utah broadcast the other day that I'm going to teach all you, all you young bloods something, that the game is about matchups. And it was interesting talking to Morgan Scally after practice the other day and he and I had a conversation about that specifically, how important it is to get the right personnel and the right matchups uh, to your advantage. And I think Utah's roster is built for that this year. Um, and, you know, obviously Morgan gave me that look like, hey, quit quit trying to reveal the secret to the sauce. Um, sure. But they know that as well. And that's why they went after Gabe. And that's why he is, you know, somebody that I think they're very confident in and, and, and somebody that, you know, the fans have heard a lot about in addition to. And, and that... I think is always something that's very um, important, uh, you know, that, that, that we recognize uh, those players that, um, 
you know, fans have heard a lot about and explain to them how they're going to fit into the program, right? Um, because I think a lot of times, you know, like you look at the top 10, I mean, this is the funny part about it, right? Like we've, we've heard so much about Gabe Reed and the homecoming and playing with his brother and everything like that. And then you look at last year's sack leaders. It's Mika Tafua, Devin Lloyd, uh, Cameron Good, Kayvon Thibodeau, both gone, uh, Tuli Tuli, Tui Pelotu at USC. And then number six is Van Fillinger, uh, Junior Tafuna at 13. Um, you know, and, and, and we don't really see a whole lot of variation in terms of other guys and other teams up there. Mm -hmm. Utah's got four or five, you know, right there in the top 10, top 12. And that's, that to me is fascinating because uh, I think it speaks to just how, how good Utah was um, at what they're doing. And now you're adding a player with Gabe Reed who can fit into that. I think it's just a very, very um, positive addition for the Utes. For sure. And he's not going to be alone as well because he's had a lot. He's been nicked up a little bit, dealt with some injuries. So there are a lot of other guys on the, along the edge spots for you, for the youths that can get it done, whether it is a Connor O'Toole, a Jonah Ellis. I think O'Toole is a guy we've heard a lot about from the coaching staff. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year, Brian. I, I think he'll be the guy, O'Toole, that's really going to come in and he'll be the one at the end of the year that we're talking about like we were with Van Fillinger last year but who are some of these other guys along the at the defensive end spots you think are going to step up and play a big role this season for utah yeah o'toole's got the body for it you know he's a former wide receiver converted to the defensive end position and he has a very intimidating look to him now he's the the sideburns have grown into like a little bit of a chop situation so he kind of got the wolverine look to him and he's gained i think 40 pounds uh in the course of the offseason and it's as kyle woodingham said it's good weight too uh, he is, he's the guy that I think has grabbed an opportunity and done the most that he could with it and worked out with, with personal and private coaches all along the way, in addition to what he's been doing in Utah, but he's not alone. It's Jonah Ellis, you know, is another guy who's worked extremely hard, uh, to gain that weight. And you look at him, he's still a little light up top, but his trunk and, and his lower half has gotten extremely strong. And I think that's a weird thing for most people to hear me talk about. And I understand that, but it's one of those things we talk about well, sand in the pants in this game. Yeah. <laughs> you got to so, have those compact quads. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, listen, listen, we were talking football game. We're, we're okay with this, but um, you know, he's not alone. There's, there's also chase Kennedy, the, the newcomer freshman from Texas that Utah and the staff is very high on. Right. And he's, he's made a positive impact in that room. And, and we talked about Connor O'Toole uh, and, and then Mickey, you know, who I've gone, you know, ad nauseum and, and who I thought would be the the eventual starter, you know, and he is shown to play and, and, and be fairly proficient. The other thing, too, that's unique about this Utah football team is, you know, there are going to be situations and alignments where we may see Devin Kafusi in a five mm -hmm. technique, but he'll look like he's the defensive end and that'll create some havoc as well. So there's a lot of options with this squad uh, and this unit in particular and you know i mean there's just a, a, a lot of talent you know we haven't talked about uh, much at all about tyler we just who's a guy that you know i think utah fans have been very high on he hasn't been able to gain the weight like we thought um but just that goes to show how much talent there is on this roster at that position that a guy that's been so highly thought of for so long can't even see the field because there's so much so much talent in front of him yeah, it's the same thing with a guy like Mickey as well. I mean, we've heard the coaches raving about him all camp long. So this Utah team isn't a really good place to continue to have that defensive end depth. 
One position that is interesting for them, and we just talked about how much we love Junior Tafuna, but the other defensive tackle spy does feel like it's a little bit – You don't. I personally don't feel as good about it as the defensive ends. I still think there's a lot of guys there who can get it done, but I think you've already heard Coach Witt talk about how he wants guys to put on a little bit extra weight. You lose a guy in Hwani Pututau, who was a huge part of Utah's run defense a year ago as well, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how this interior of the defensive line outside of – Junior Tufuna comes together and they're able to stop the run at an elite level like a year ago. And if some of those other guys, like maybe it is a Devin Kafusi, are able to step up, step up and kind of build on that pressure rate. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be interesting how Utah uses their interior guys together, right? So are you going to put Junior Tufuna and Aliki Vamahi together, or are you going to put um, you know, Vamahi and, and Devin Kafusi together, right? And, and use Tennessee Pudutau with Junior um, because they kind of offset each other's skill sets. It, it's not as um, physically imposing a group in, in the past as it has been in the past, excuse me. You know, Samote Pepa is the one guy that I think on the roster, you know, he's listed at 6'3", 345. And that sounds like, you know, like I know Utah likes their defensive tackles to be around the 340 mark, but I think Samote is a guy that at 345, 350, he still plays extremely well and is extremely explosive. Now, the big 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 deal with that group is, is you know, they've been talking prehab and, and staying healthy and everything like that. You know, it was something I talked to Mickey about at practice. You know, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm healthy for once, you know. And, and he joked that it was because of ibuprofen, right? But, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of it has just been the focus on these guys really getting the work in before and after practice to make sure that they stay healthy. Um, this is a unique group because we talk about junior, but Aliki Vamahi is the one that if you talk to the offensive line, I think they they're they have the hardest time blocking him. He's got a push pull that is incredibly hard to figure out. And for first time, you know, opponents like who have never seen him before, that's going to be something that they're going to have to really figure out. Now he can play a lot at the one technique and, and same with Tennessee Pututau is they're both a little bit heavier, a little more stout. Um, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how Tavita Fotu, uh, the younger brother of uh, Lecky, works into this equation as well. But this is a, a unit that's got some depth to it. They have the ability, and Coach Lutherell has talked about it the other day on on the conference call. That he wants to, you know, he wants to rotate guys and he wants to keep guys fresh, and that's a big step forward from last year, where I think Utah struggled because they were kind of locked in on whoever was playing, just being the guy. Yeah, it does feel like there's a lot of guys, whether we are talking about the defensive tackles or defensive ends, just in general along the defensive line, there's a lot of guys who can come in and get things done. And it's going to be interesting to see how this group does in 2022. And Brian, before we get you out of here, this is a Utah team now that's deep into fall camp. We're just over two weeks away from the Florida game. How are you feeling about this team right now? Oh, I... Bored, <laughs> ready, ready for something that that's going to give us a little bit better of an idea of, of how they truly match up. But I think, you know, this is a team that I've been very confident and very bullish on. And, you know, there's always some reticence when you sit in the positions that we do where you have a platform and a lot of people have access to you uh, to make, in, in essence, guarantees of what you think a team's going to do or predictions. Um, I think a lot of times people take your predictions as, as gospel, especially you know, when it's a knowledgeable group of people. And, you know, I've watched Hans Olsen and, and other media members in the market have to struggle with that for years. And um, thankfully, I'm not that popular to where, uh, you know, the, the pitchforks and the <clears throat> the torches come out when, when things don't go according to plan. But, you know, I think this is a team that's 
the makeup of this team is very different from what it was last year. You know, this team is so businesslike, and, and we talked about the heat and, and things like that a little bit before the show. Um, yet the other day after practice when we were up there, they were coming out, and it was supposedly 97 degrees with 90% humidity in the facility, in the practice facility. Um, and these guys were still just, you know, they were dripping sweat, right? Like, it was, it was clear that they had really – had to work hard and, and, and it was hot in there, but they were still energized and, and moving around and focused. And um, I think that really is a credit to this group and the leadership and, and the tone that they've set at that program. Yeah. And it, it, you can tell this team is excited. They're ready to go from the players to the coaches, coaching staff. They are ready for week one down in Gainesville and we are quickly approaching it as well. And if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, trying to learn about more of the Pac-12 opponents around the conference, make sure you guys check out Locked On Pac-12, where host Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. I was recently on there talking about Oregon. I think Oregon's the kind of team that could be very interesting, depending on how the Utes are doing when they have to go to Eugene late in the season. So make sure you guys check out Locked On Pac-12. Make it your second listen every day. Brian, huge thanks as always for stopping by the show. We thank you guys for listening to Lockdown News another week. And a huge thanks once again for helping us get over 300 subscribers. We look forward to continue bringing you guys the Utah coverage you deserve. Have a great weekend.